Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hello, welcome back to the Villa View. It's time for a match preview for the massive game as Villa take on. Bro, what are you doing, David Red? Sorry, I, I just caught your face before the, uh, uh, before the video went live, and I just <laughs> I thought you like knew what was going on. You look like you were doing something naughty that you, you shouldn't have been, and you were trying, trying to hide it as, as we came back on the screen. I'll do my I'll do my intro again because that 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 threw me. Hello, welcome to the Villa View. It's time for the match preview as Villa take on Brighton at the weekend. Huge, huge, huge game. At Villa Park, it doesn't get much bigger than this. If Villa beat Brighton, they qualify for Europe. Villa can Villa can lose and still qualify, but I'd rather we just won and got the job done comfortably. This show is sponsored by Luke Roper. Use the code TVV20 for 20% off everything they have to offer, except the new Nathan Door range. That is not included in the in the 20% discount code. So yeah, if you're looking to buy Nathan Door's new range with Luke. You won't get 20% off using our code or any other code. It just doesn't work with codes. Dave, you were at Bodymore Heath yesterday for Unai Emery's press conference. Fill us in. I think the one thing that I find really refreshing about Unai Emery is that unlike other managers, when you ask them about the build-up to a game like this tomorrow now, um, he, he, he likes to build it up. Other managers will say... It's just another game. We prepare for it as we always do for every other game. But I think Unai Emery quite likes the build-up. And I know, you know, Villa have gone a, a little bit above and beyond what they would usually do in terms of wanting fans to get there and welcome the bus, you know, asking for a big atmosphere. There's lots of things going on around the ground tomorrow. And I think some of that is probably driven by the head coach and the staff there at, at, at mm. Villa Park because Unai Emery 
when you ask him about these games, he, he loves pressure. He's, that's what he says every game. I think he, he thinks that he performs his best when he's under pressure. He wants the players to feel that pressure. He wants the players to enjoy that pressure. And that's what comes across in his interviews when he talks about big games. He, he's not one to play things down. He, you know, he, he came out with the line, you know, this is our, our moment. Our time is coming on Sunday. You know, he's not afraid to, to build things up, which I really, uh, really find refreshing. Yeah, I was at the training ground in the afternoon yesterday and speaking to a few people there and you expect like maybe a bit of a bit of nervousness. But I didn't really get that impression. Everyone just everyone just seemed relaxed, like they're, they're ready for it. I think people now at Villa, it's a weird, weird place because I bet it's never been like that. Just look forward. Look forward to these things, don't they? It's it's quite a unique situation to be in where you you look forward to the challenges that are coming your way. Yeah, I think I think you're right. I don't think there is much nervousness around the place. I think it's just pure excitement for the game. I think they're raring to go. Everybody's ready. And, and obviously, apart from Alex Moreno, Diego Carlos, I think he's having a late check on his fitness today. But apart from that, everyone's ready and raring to go. I think they're, they're fully excited at the training ground to, to get going and get face a really tough challenge in Brighton as well. I'm sure we'll go on to. But, you know, he was fascinating. You and I were talking about Brighton and, and their strengths and how Villa plan to try and stop them doing their thing. And I think they're really excited to take on the challenge of this Brighton team. It's a difficult one to prepare for Brighton, I always think, because I think they're a team that have got different systems that, that they play in. They've got different personnel that they can use. I mean, they've rotated really, really heavily over the last few years. Actually, they're a really hard for sorry, a really hard team for even Unai Emery to prepare for, I would say. Yeah, and that's that's one of the one of the things that I think has stood out about Brighton and Roberto De Zerbi, if, if they don't kill you one way, they'll kill you another way. They've got lots of different ways of, of building up and you can plan to stop one way of them getting into our final third and they'll turn around and do something different to, to, to bypass the structure that you put in place to stop them doing it. So, And, and then you've got it in amongst that. You've, you've not only got the players in their kind of positions, but they all rotate as well and they all switch in and out of different positions and that's you know, can be a little bit confusing for the defending team as to who's picking up who. So Brighton have got lots of different weapons in order to try and mm. get in behind and, and create chances. That's the thing with Brighton, you know, but say Evan Ferguson doesn't play. I still think Welbeck's a, a really good striker and he's a player that, that's caused Villa problems in, in the past. You know, Matoma has been electric all season. If he doesn't play, Bonanate or uh, Nciso, have come from nowhere. I didn't know anything about them until the last few months, until they could. You don't know about some of these Brighton players as people that don't support Brighton, who even they should know if you work in football in some respects. But, you know, they come bring these players in from absolutely nowhere. Teenagers, they come in and they they look like they've been playing for Brighton all their life straight away, don't they? They've, they've, again, they've, I can't praise them heavily enough. They, they are such a unique team and they deserve to finish top six and, and, and be in Europe. They've had a brilliant season. Yeah, I saw a tweet this week, and, and forgive me, I can't remember the hand or, or who it was, but uh, I'm pretty sure it was a Villa fan, and he, and he, and he said, um, you know, I'd ask Brighton to play the kids this weekend, but they've probably got tw yeah. 12, 18-year-old wonder kids to bring in. That's just how good their recruitment has been. When you've got players like Bonanotte, who you thought would have a, a kind of settling in period, and he's kind of come in the last few weeks of the season and been almost a revelation in CISO, just... He's really good. Knocking out worldies every now and again, do you know what I mean? And it, absolutely brilliant, brilliant recruitment. A great system that they've got in place with Brighton. And he was asked yesterday, actually, you know, 
uh, Unai Emery, whether he was impressed with the recruitment style of Brent, uh, Brighton and what they've done over the last couple of years. And he was full of praise for what they've done um, and how they go about their business and how they've built that club. And, he, you know, he's, he always talks about progression and this is the first step for, for Aston Villa. And hopefully the next step is qualifying for Europe and, and Brighton are on that kind of similar trajectory of progress, 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 build, build, build. And hopefully they'll get to where they, they want to go. It's a difficult one, this, because on the face of it, they've they've already qualified for Europe. So you would think, ah, on the, on the beach, they've done what they need to do. They'll, they'll come to Villa Park and, and relax and maybe they're looking to win the game 1-0 or whatever. But I just, I just don't think it'll be it'll be like that. I don't think they have that in them, Brighton. They, they, they play with such an intensity. And I think it possibly might be a couple of players last game for them as well and they'll want to go mm. out they want to go out and high and perform in front of uh, in front of their away fans so even though Brighton have already qualified for Europe I don't really feel like there'll be a let up from them yeah I agree I think you know the the, the two standout players that will probably will end up being their last game is Caicedo and McAllister and I was I thought this actually when I watched the game uh, it was an FA Cup game that Brighton were playing against Grimsby it was the latter stage it might have been the, might have been the quarter final that they, they got to and, you know, all the build-up in the FA Cup is around, our, you know, is there going to be an upset? And I watched that game and I just thought, it, it doesn't matter who plays for Brighton. Everything is so automatic that there's just, on that occasion against Grimsby, I know they're obviously a lower division side, but there was just no way that they could beat them. There's just no way they could beat them because even though Brighton rotated their team, everyone who came in knew exactly where to be, knew exactly what pass to make. And even... If, you know, in an FA Cup game, their attitude might be off a bit and you talk about tomorrow, potentially their minds might be elsewhere. You feel like the automatisms are, are so ingrained and so there that it's almost impossible for them to not put in a kind of at least a seven out of ten performance because everybody yeah. knows what they're doing. Even the goalkeeper, I mean, Priest has been, with no disrespect to him whatsoever, a bit of a, a journeyman goalkeeper. In, in his career, I remember watching him in the Sunderland Till I Die documentary and he was struggling with confidence in the championship that was with Sunderland and he's managed to make himself number one for, for Brighton. And again, he's, he's just playing the best football of, of his career. So you're right, it's just very automatic. Everyone knows exactly what they're doing. And, and at some point, I think Villa will probably get to get to that. I mean, in some respects, we're, we're, we're already there because, you know, Dendonka hadn't played for months and he just came in against Newcastle. And he, and he looks absolutely brilliant in that game. So Villa, Villa are getting there as well. Just Villa have been on a bit of a, a downward spiral for years, whereas Brighton have been up, up, up over, over the last few seasons under Potter and, and now deserve it. But I just think two two good teams, two, two teams that I think would appreciate being in Europe as well. I think that's the that's the big thing here. The Brighton fans are going to love the Europa League and Villa fans will take any type of European football. We won't turn our noses up at the Conference League at all. We'll absolutely love being there because it's been over a decade since Europe. On the other games, I'm actually... I think Spurs are spent. I think I think they... I don't think they want Europa Conference League and I think psychologically as a player, they'll all be looking at that having all played in the Champions League before and thinking, I don't fancy that. I don't want a Thursday night in Moldova. <laughs> I think I just think they don't they don't they won't fancy it. So I think I can't see them beating Leeds. I can't see them usurping us in the table. It's actually you're Brentford forget, I'm more worried that, about. You're forgetting that Leeds aren't very good. Leeds need to win though, don't they? They do, but I feel like if the oh, sorry, I think Ooh. if Tottenham uh, if Leeds you know, Leeds have started games very well under Sam Allardyce, 
but I feel like they've run out of steam after about 20 minutes and you know Tottenham have been terrible the last few weeks but Leeds aren't any great shakes at all and it, it's just can they manage to uh, can they manage to to kind of get a full 90 minute performance Leeds United I'd back Leeds to get a point at least in that game I think that point we got last week was 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 absolutely huge I think that was a really really big point for Villa and it was great that Brentford went to Spurs and won, but I am actually more worried about them because they've already beaten Manchester City once this season. <laughs> They're very good at home, Brentford. They'll want to go out on a high. Their fans like us will be will be right behind them. I wouldn't put it past them beating beating Man City. It depends. Man City might might rotate. We saw in midweek against, against Brighton. They've, they've played a bit of a bit of a different team. A few players missed out and in the in the game before as well. So it's actually Brentford I'm more worried about. But I did did Unai say anything about? about the other games? Because I guess it's it's not really about the other games. It's about making sure we win and then we don't need to worry about it. Yeah, I mean, not not really. He His focus is entirely on getting the three points for Aston Villa tomorrow. So I don't, I'm not sure if, if, if he would, you know, if, if say we weren't winning after 60 minutes, whether he'd check the results elsewhere and then kind of plan from there. I feel like he's more going to be concentrating on what's going on in, in front of his eyes and how he can try and, and beat Brighton. Up. And, and the good thing is, you know, we, we want to be in the position where we're not having to look at results else, no. elsewhere. It's, it's in our hands and we know that three points will get us into European football, which is obviously what everybody's been striving for over the last few weeks. And, I mean, Brentford is, is one that can definitely turn over Manchester City on their day. And then Leeds against Tottenham, I, I just, I, I, I don't even want to try and predict what's going to happen there because it could be chaos for, for, for 90 minutes. So the good thing is it's in our hands and we've just got to try and get the result tomorrow. Yeah, we've done well to, to get into the final day and have it in, in our control. When I, when I came back from Anfield last week and as soon as the final whistle went, you know, I was a little bit disappointed, obviously, that we, we conceded late, but then when 10 minutes stoppage time went up, I'd resign myself to defeat, in all honesty. So I was I was pretty pleased with the point. And the fact that that point took us into seventh and made it in, in our control, I think that point last week was absolutely huge. And I, I feel a bit different this year. I think Spurs are, I think Spurs are done. I think it's, it's Brentford. That, that we need to worry about, but he, that point got us there. It got us ahead of ahead of Spurs. I think once we've got ourselves ahead of Spurs, I think that's a that's a massive thing as well because it's it's quite simple, isn't it? Now the players go into the game not having to worry or think about, oh well, if this happens, we need to do this. If that happens, they just go into the game thinking we need to win. If we mm. win, we're in Europe, and that's what we've been working towards for the whole of the second half of the season. That's what we've done so well to get in this position. So the Villa players can almost go go at the game with a, with a clear ahead, if that makes sense. I think that helps going into the game, doesn't it? It's just clarity over the result that you need, how you're going to play, and how the different scenarios are going to play out over the 90 minutes. So it definitely helps that the players are going into it with you know, a, a clear head and a clear mind as to what's needed. I think the, the only kind of Question marks now is over team selection, Dan. Yeah, and we, and we called it last week. We, we called that Leon Bailey would play. Will he play against Brighton <laughs> tomorrow? I'm not sure. I'm, I'm not sure. sure. You know. I'm not Difficult. sure. Any hints in the, in, the, in the press conference? It doesn't really give hints in the press, does it? No, not, not really. I think it's, it, I mean, John McGinn has to play, obviously. So it's a case of where he plays. Does he play on the right hand side? Or does he play further forward like he did last week against Liverpool? I quite like um, him in that position further forward, you know. Yeah. I quite like it. 
Yeah, I mean, his intensity, everybody knows about, and that really helps us when we're kind of out of possession. Um, and his game experience, he, 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 you know, he knows where to be and, and when to press and when to go. So that's one of the benefits of having him in that position. Um, I think in the game, when, when we played at Brighton, wide areas were quite important. So I don't know whether he would switch him out to the to the to the right hand side and 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 get him to to kind of press in wide areas uh, and then maybe bring in a, yeah. either Bailey or, or Buendia up front and play them in the forward positions. They both played, didn't they? McGinn and Ramsey played as the wide players in that away game. It was Emery's yeah. first away game. I remember them them both playing actually and having to having to tuck in quite a lot. And mind you, we did a lot of defending that day. Let's yeah. face it, we did, we did have to tuck in a lot in that game. And then I guess it's. You know, if McGinn plays, I think I think McGinn will go into the into into the wide right. So I think maybe Buendia will come in for Bailey, and they'll use Bailey as an impact sub. Luca Dean obviously will play because there's no no Moreno for for a few months now. The only other toss up is right back, Matty Cash, Ashley Young. I think Ashley Young will probably get the nod. Yeah, I think I, I'm in I'm in total agreement with you. For which is feels like go. a rarity. In the season, in the season, on a high feels like a rarity. I think. You're right. The away game at Brighton, we played played a super narrow midfield, and then we needed the kind of athleticism of McGinn and Ramsey to to get out to those wide areas. So I think he'll probably do something similar this time. And then I agree, he'll. I, I think for me, it's it's Buendia over Bailey in the forward positions, and then use Bailey as a kind of impact player. And then everybody else kind of picks themselves, and then the, the right back position is the only one that you. You kind of have a question mark over. He was asked about Ashley Young yesterday and, and what the future might hold for him. And he said, you know, this is the first player that we're going to have to sit down and talk about once the season uh, ends. Uh, Emery said he spoke to him on Tuesday this week and just said, let's focus on this game. And then we'll talk about what's next after this game. He's going to sit down with the owners, discuss every single player in, uh, in depth, in detail, decide where they need to progress next season and then make a decision on Ashley Young. I feel like if it was to be his final final game at, at Villa Park, it, you know, it would be it would be fitting for us to win tomorrow uh, and and get into European football. So obviously he was part of that that last team to play in Europe for Villa. So it'd be fitting for him to to get the victory tomorrow. Um, so I think it probably will be Ashley Young over Matty Cash tomorrow. That would be my pick. Yeah. Voice of the Villains is asking for a birthday shout out in the in the live chat, I can give you a birthday shout out. Imagining you're younger than both myself and David. David Reed. I actually <laughs> I only learned so. David. Reed, I only learned David Reed's age before I uh, before just before we came on. I thought David was was really really young, and actually he's not far off my age. But <laughs> just looks just looks a lot better than, than me. I was going to say I've something. I've had less nights out. Yeah, probably I've had less nights out than me. In, in fairness, <laughs> just wanted to talk. Go back to one thing about Brighton and the, and the selection. So a big player for them, I think, is this Estupinian. Can't believe I got that pronunciation right. At, at left back, but he's not. You think, look at him. He's really, really quick, and you think he's going you know, to hug the touch line, get down the line, make the pitch big for Brighton. But actually, he steps inside quite a lot as well. So that's probably another reason to have McGinn on the right rather than Bailey, because that's, that's not Bailey's game doing the defensive side of, of things. Whereas McGinn is is very diligent when when he's asked to, asked to do a job. I think with maybe with him being left back, that probably sails McGinn back on the right side. Yeah, uh, and that's what I meant kind of earlier when you when we were talking about the different ways that Brighton can get you. I mean, Estupinian is a is a is a prime example because he can 
hug the touchline and, and spread wide and help build up in that way, or he can invert and play in the kind of and move into the midfield area and help Brighton progress the ball that way. So some games that's all he does. He inverts. Yeah. And you think that's not? I would have thought that was not his game at all, but he just does it. Yeah, and then the similarly on the other side, whether whoever ends up playing right back. I mean, Pascal Gross has played there. Veltman's played there. They've got options. Caicedo's played there recently. Mm. And then they can do exactly the same on that side where they invert or they can go wide. And, that, that you know, Brighton's game is all about trying to get the ball into those wide areas in behind for Matoma and whoever plays on the right-hand side. I know Solly March is injured, whether it's Bonanotte uh, or somebody else tomorrow they might they might decide to go with. But they, they try and obviously build through the middle with Caicedo and McAllister. They, they, they bait you. There's a lot of talk about baiting the press with Brighton. So they will be very patient at the back. They'll keep the ball. And then they'll wait for Villa to break their structure and try and press them and then play the ball very quickly back to front. So they're very vertical. They'll play forward. They'll play quickly once they know they're able to get beyond the forward line press from, from Villa tomorrow. So they'll play, try and play it quickly into the number 10s. And then the other option they've got is the, is the striker to drop deep. Sometimes the striker drops deep and the mid, midfielder, the number 10 drops into the, the defensive midfield line. So they've got lots of different options as to how to get you in. That's the exciting time. That's why Unai Emery is excited to play against Roberto De Zerbi because it's a real test of test of coaches. So it'll yeah. be like a game of chess, I think, tomorrow for most of it. I'm not, I'm, I'm a little bit nervous just because we're we're in the position now, and I don't want us to not not do it when we're there. But I'm not as nervous as I would have been under previous managers. Really, I just think this manager is the real deal. Yeah, you, know, you called him head coach earlier. I fully believe in the summer. He'll get a new contract and and be called and be called the manager. I really think that already he's he's earned that. He's got total control of the football side of things at Aston Villa now. So I think there's a job title change in coming. I, I just trust him. And even you know if we if we lose, I, I still trust him. He, he's going to go on and be the best manager that me and you people of our age have ever seen man, manage our football club. He, he's that that good. I'm I'm just really excited for the summer, regardless. But I just want us to. Want us to get there? I, I want us to want us to do it. Quick mention for for Jed Steer because he's going to come on the pitch before the game. I mean, he's one of the shyest guys around, so I can't imagine he's delighted with coming on the pitch and 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 doing that. But it'd be nice to give him a send off because he's not someone who's played loads of games for Villa, but he's been at the club for ten years, and we wouldn't be where we are now without him. Yeah, simple as that. He's he's seen a lot, hasn't he, in his in his ten years at Villa? Uh, and you're right, he's um, he's not one for the limelight. Uh, you know, keeps himself to himself. But great, a great player and a great person to have in the changing room as well because he will give everything. And, you know, he's obviously delivered one of the most iconic moments in, in Villa's recent history in the penalty shootout against, against West Bromwich Albion and then helping Villa to promotion in that season. You know, I think he'll be forever remembered as a, as a, as a cult hero, as a real modern-day hero at, at Aston Villa. And, yeah, congratulations to, to Jed on his, time at, on his time at Villa. And you just hope that he's able to stay fit and continue and get first team football somewhere else because that's what he deserves. That's, you know, he, he really does deserve to be a first team goalkeeper somewhere and to play well and, and to, to help another team and do what he did for us, for, for someone else, because um, yeah, he's, he's a great, he's a great guy and a great player. Yes. Yeah, you almost don't, I hate that the break. And I know we're like, we're moving on now and we're a completely different football team to, to what we were five years ago. I find it sad when the players that were involved in the, in the, in that 10 game run and getting us up, I find it sad when, when, when one of them leaves, it was quite sad when Yedinak and the like all left straight away. Then there was, then there was Chester, which I was devastated about because I loved James Chester. 
then Connor, which I was devastated about again because because I love him. And then just one by one they've started to Jack obviously went for, for big money. You know, one by one they've started to to flit away. We still luckily got Tyro Mings and and John McGinn, but they're the only two survivors. But Jed Steer's been at the club for for such a long time. He's a, he's, a, he's a top top guy. I mean, you, your football club needs to have people like like Jed Steer in there who would they're just just top top lads. Just never never cause a fuss whether they're in the team or not. He would have never caused a fuss at Villa, and then he got got called back quite abruptly, really, by Dan Smith, didn't he? he? Was on loan. Where was I? I've completely forgotten where he was. Is he Charlton? He was on loan at Charlton. He'd been messed around by Steve Bruce, sent out on loan, called back because we had we didn't have a keeper for for one game because Nealon got injured. Played that one game, then we signed Kalinic. He's back to the bench, having been played every week for Charlton. Kalinic gets injured. He just comes in and puts in an assured performance every single week and. Now you talk about those penalties and you know the stare and whatnot, but in that first leg at Villa Park, he made an unbelievable save. Oh yeah, the first half I was right. I was right end. behind that. I was right yeah, behind that, and it was an unbelievable save. Unbelievable! Yeah. I couldn't believe it when, when he saved that. Yeah, and then to go on and and do the do the penalty stuff he did in the penalty shoe, and then to be fair, even in the final, you know, in that endless stoppage time, he, I remember him coming to grab one out, out the air where usually you'd be nervy. With that, he just came out, just plucked it out the air, fell on it. And we saw that we saw the game out. The the bloke is an absolute hero. I absolutely love him to to, to bits Jed there. And like I said, a top man as well. So that, I'll just tell a little story about him. Yeah, you probably won't like stories being told about him because he is one of the shyest people in in the world. But you you'll you'll know his other half as well, Alice, because she worked at she worked at Sky for a bit. And I was speaking to her, and that's it. I collect all the shirts that season. I was missing one shirt, and you just couldn't get it. It was one of the goalkeeper shirts. I can't remember which one it was. And I just texted her and asked if Jed had any knocking knocking around that, that I could have. And she was like, oh, I think he's got he's got one. He'll give me a dress. He'll send you one in the post. Sent me this big box through. Of just like every shirt from the season, every one of his his match-worn shirts from, from that season. I, did, I only wanted the one. I needed the one. But he just sent me all three. A big box and it said, up the villa, Jed, kiss. Class act. What a, what a guy. Just one of, the, one of the nicest guys in football. And when I spoke to him at the Player Awards last, last season... I was saying to him, the, the Villa fans absolutely love you. And the Villa fans kept coming up to him and telling him, telling him how much they loved him. It's almost like he didn't believe it. He's just such a such a shy guy. So I'm interested to see him on the pitch tomorrow and see whether whether he says anything. But yeah, a top guy. And players will have played a lot more games for Aston Villa than, than he did. But he'll go down in folklore for, for what he did. He's an unbelievable person. And a, and a great goalkeeper as well. And just needs to get fit and be a number one somewhere because he's definitely capable of being a number one. So yeah, that's probably a... And a nice way to finish it, Dave. Dave, I've enjoyed doing the previews with with you over the over the back end of the season. Been been really good. Yeah, been been yeah, very very good. I've enjoyed it, and I must say thanks to to everyone in the comments as well because I, I read the comments and there's been some lovely comments on there as well. So thanks to everybody who's uh, who's watched them, who's listened, or wherever you've kind of taken in the content. So thanks very much to you, Dan, as well for for allowing me on. Always, Dave, and we'll be back together. In the summer months on, on Sky, weren't we doing the doing the transfer shows? I imagine we'll be talking about a lot of Brighton players, and hopefully we, <laughs> we'll, we'll be talking about Villa signing a lot of players as well. I'll have to start my research now on the uh, South American market for Brighton yeah. summer. I'll get there, I'm gonna I'm gonna go through. I'm gonna go send my scouts in football manager off to Ecuador and Peru <laughs> and all these places and see what they come back with. So I know what the ne- the next big hitter at Brighton's gonna be like. Thanks to everyone for for watching. Quite a few of you in in live actually wasn't really expecting that at nine o'clock this morning. Considering I got up at eight fifty four as well. I think it was a I think it was a, a, a good show day. One last important note. 
people are going to say, who does he think he is telling us not to do this? Don't go on the pitch if we win tomorrow, if we qualify for Europe. The club don't want you to go on the pitch. The managers don't want you to go on the pitch. The players don't want you to go on the pitch. The people that sit in the upper tiers of the stands like me, we don't want you to go on the pitch because if you do, we can't celebrate with the players. And if you do do it, the players aren't going to come back out and we're going to miss out on, on all that. And after this season, that would be a real, real shame. So please, 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 if you're considering going on the pitch tomorrow, if Villa qualify for Europe, just, just don't do it. We shouldn't be going on the pitch anyway for finishing seventh. We, we've not won the Champions League or the, or the league here. Let's, and the last two times we have done a pitch invasion, we've gone on and lost the final anyway. So just, just yeah. don't do it, please. And I would also just add as well, just stay safe around the ground as well. Uh, they, they want us to welcome the bus, which is obviously great. But if you take in, you know, there's a lot of pyros going around at the moment. Just So just if, if you take in them, just do it safely. That was all I would add. Yeah, we don't want anything silly happening that, that overshadows anything potentially good that can happen to, to the club tomorrow. We, we've had a miserable... Look, I get it, I get it. Look, the last the last decade at Villa hasn't hasn't been fun. We haven't won anything since 1996. We haven't been in, in Europe now since 2010. I think so, you know, it's it's a big thing for us to qualify for Europe, but the pitch invasion is just no good for anyone. It doesn't do anyone any favours. And like Dave says, if you've got pyro and stuff like that, just just please be safe. There's, there's families around, there's kids around. We don't want anything disastrous happening before the game. And people can sit there and say, oh, bloody killjoy going on like this. And, and we haven't even won anything yet, but I'm just saying, if we do, just don't do it. Let's just enjoy the celebrations in a sensible way where everyone can be involved. We can look at those players, sing at those players, sing at those managers, tell them exactly what we think of them. If people go on a pitch, we lose the opportunity to do that. So please, please, if we qualify for Europe, please don't go on the pitch. I've said players about 17 times there. Please don't, please don't go on the pitch because I think it's, it's asking asking for trouble and then everyone everyone just loses out in the end. Yeah, you might get your selfie on, on, on the turf, but really the most of the ground won't enjoy it and they'll, and they'll lose out. So let's let's be sensible tomorrow and let's hope that Villa do qualify for Europe and that we do have something to celebrate. We'll still do some videos over the summer, but obviously that, that sees us out for the for the general season. I'm actually going to meet Max, Max Stokes in person on Monday. So we'll do like a post-match point slash season review in person and, and put it up on the channel so so watch out for that thanks again for those who've watched and thanks for those who've watched all season because we've had we've had so much support especially over the second half of the season when we've changed things around a bit so that's that's really really appreciated thanks to adam for producing i better go because he's desperate to jump on his train stay safe tomorrow up the villa already got his train <laughs> Oh, Adam, why are we still alive? Sports Social Podcast Network. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.